Hey y'all, Kiss here. Excited to bring you this episode. It's a great one, but first, we have a sponsored special message from legendary George Takei, brought to you by Post Loudness, The Nuisance Committee, and Cards Against Humanity. Check it out. Stay tuned right after for our great episode with Tasha. Peace. During World War II, President Roosevelt signed an executive order to imprison Japanese Americans in concentration camps. American citizens who had done nothing wrong lost their jobs, their businesses, and their freedom. Families were torn apart, and children grew up behind barbed wire fences. Today, Japanese American imprisonment during World War II is considered a stain on the legacy of American history. In 1988, President Reagan paid reparations to innocent Japanese Americans who were wrongly imprisoned and issued a formal apology. When we look back at that history today, it is tempting to wonder, how could this have happened? How could we have been so scared of our neighbors that we locked them up? How did the land of the free get it so wrong? Donald Trump says, that when he's president, an armed deportation force will occupy American cities. Trump's deportation task force will investigate innocent people and round them up into concentration camps. Trump says he'll ban all Muslims from entering our country. Donald Trump's plan has once again caused neighbors to fear one another and turned Americans against our own people. This election is a test. Can we learn from the mistakes of our past and reject Trump's cruel, unconstitutional prison camps? Or are we doomed to repeat history? This November, the choice should be easy for all patriotic Americans. We must vote against American concentration camps, and we must vote against Donald Trump. The Nuisance Committee is responsible for the content of this advertising. delightful intro what's up <laughs> what's up everybody it's uh it's thursday at noon or it is whatever time it is when you listen to this this is ergo radio we're on whpk 88.5 my name is damon alexander williams and i'm daniel bowden kisslinger aka uh kiss that's the first time we've done the aka's what's your aka for today um aka is still too early <laughs> <laughs> tj is still too early it's, it's never it's never not too early to be awake. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in with us here. What we do every Thursday. AKA Vanilla Lawn John. <laughs> Is that you or me? That was actually me, but I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> we showcase strong young voices from Chicago and beyond every week. A conversation with another artist, writer, organizer, activist, musician, person reshaping the culture of the city for the more equitable 
and the more creative. We have a fantastic guest with us here today on a very strange day. Um, but first, a couple community announcements. What do you got, Dame? Anything? Hey, what's up, community? <laughs> <laughs> I'm announcing. <laughs> All right. I got you. <laughs> Here's what I got. <laughs> you ready? Uh, today, this evening, this Thursday evening, City Bureau Ergo alums are doing a uh, an event with another Ergo alum, The Worlds Collide. Uh, E-Viewing will be doing their first public newsroom event. It's at the Experimental Station on 61st and Blackstone. Um, no experience necessary, but if you're interested in learning about how to engage as a journalist in our city and in our world, that's a great place to be. Um, Church on the Nine on Sunday. Uh, on Monday at the Promontory, the corner is their poetry thing, which we hosted a while back. I'm not going to say the name because it's the worst name for an event of all time, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great lineup. It's a uh, HML, J- Ergo alum, Jamila Woods. And a plus sign on Monday. So that Whoa. sounds nuts. They, they got Jamila. Man. I know, right? That's man. And then the last thing uh, coming up. I think she up, doesn't know she's famous yet. <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody tell her. I want her to like do our gigs. <laughs> the last thing is next Thursday. Uh, your uh, your 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 friendly radio hosts Damon and Daniel will be on a panel at a conference. We have our own thing at the People Power Publishing Conference, put on by the Illinois Humanities Council next Thursday. Uh, it's called Ergo Amplifying the Chicago Renaissance. I'm pretty sure the panels, the uh, conference is sold out, but you might still be able to get in. Check that out. And uh, Bella Boz will be joining us there. So I'm really excited about that. We're going to get our academician on. What's the term? Whoa. I got a little out of control <laughs> there. We're, we're going academic for, for an afternoon. Um, and then, of course, the last thing next Tuesday, uh, you should vote. I think. What do you think? For at least something on the ballot. Let's introduce our guests and then have that conversation. <laughs> like we can start right with that. Cool. Hey. Oh my God. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here and to be with you. You're such a you're such a you're the best. We got Tasha. Tasha Vietz from Lear. We oh my God. I, I knew you were gonna I, I did. Were gonna I did I did jumble that. I tried to like <laughs> keep it moving. But woo! I'm so excited to hey. see you. How are you? Say say for the record, can you say, say it correctly? Yeah, correctly. It's Tasha Vietz Van Leer. Vietz Van Leer. I mm-hmm. actually was close. I actually if I would have said with confidence. Yeah, yeah. That's I would have had it. I just got nervous say. looking at you. And my mm-hmm. uh my my old radio show, I never wanted to do what you just did. Yep. And so I would have the guest always introduce themselves. That way I knew how they wanted me to pronounce ah. it. Um but uh we live and we learn you and know. it's a pleasure having <laughs> you here. How are you uh how Thank are you feeling you. today? How are you treating the world? How's the world treating you this sunny November morning. I am feeling pretty good. I've had a bit of a cold, uh, so I'm coming off of that. But it's okay. It's so sunny um, and it's really warm. I think that the world is treating me pretty decent. Decent, I would say. Um, And I think I'm doing okay. I think I'm doing a good job with the world. Sometimes I like how you like took the time to work. It's nice to have those little moments of reflection sometimes. <laughs> so for, for, for those who uh, who don't know, just let people know some of the things you do. You're an amazing singer-songwriter as well as poet mm-hmm. and organizer. Mm-hmm. So just let, let folks yeah, know. Just a couple throw, things. Throw the resume things. out there. Is there anything else that you do Vocationally, that people don't know or that I don't know. Any other marketable skills we should throw? or non marketable? I was skills. actually just thinking about that last night. Um, I was thinking, I there's just a never ending list of things I want to do. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, what are like the next three things you would like to do? Um, I'm gonna write a zine Ooh. with a friend of mine because um, I've actually never 
published my poetry. I've always just performed at places. Um, and I think that I, I oh. really do like to write outside yeah. of just writing songs. And so why not um, put these words on some paper to share with people? Uh, Let's talk about the poetry a little bit. Let's get right yeah. to that. Because uh, I, I came to see you perform at the Promontory that one time. Mm. And you were doing poems in your set. Yeah, I was. And uh, we here at Ergo, we're kind of in the poetry streets. We kind of... Oh, yeah? We kind of <laughs> know some poets. We're we, deep in the poetry. We, we hear some poems. <laughs> and, I was, uh, and I was sitting there. I'm like, wow, if you like did the poetry mm. thing, you would be one of the, the best poets wow, really in the city. And I think you're a phenomenal writer. So how long have you been, been writing? And um, when did you start doing a public thing? Gosh, I've probably been writing since I was seven years old. Mm -hmm. uh, we used to do this young authors competition in elementary school and middle school, and we'd write little stories. Um, and then I started writing poetry probably later than Do you that. remember, I'm sorry, do you remember some of your stories? Um, yeah, actually I do because yeah. they were so lit. Okay, so <laughs> one of them was, the first one I ever wrote was about these stuffed animals I had that would come to life mm -hmm. when I was asleep. Um, yeah, and then once I woke up in the middle of the night, saw them dancing around, we got to know each other. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then like it passed and they never came alive again. Mm -hmm. That was, the, that was one story. Um, one about a dolphin. Oh, that's like really sad. A dolphin yeah, like, family. I'm sorry, that like. <laughs> it's like if Andy knew Buzz and Woody Yo. were alive, but then they like yeah, stopped. but then it passed. Oh wow. man, wow. yeah, yeah, that's really that's. I was really trying to like, tug at the heartstrings. What else? You said it's something about a dolphin. Yeah, dolphin family that befriended a mermaid mm. in the sea. Um, one of my personal favorites was inspired by a trip to the Grand Canyon that my family took. Um, my younger brother, Ethos, actually, he he also inspired shout one of the out, characters. Yeah. I was just thinking, I think y'all are the first siblings that we've had. Oh. Other than you. Uh, you mean, I don't think we count them. I also have never been a guest on the show, so... That's true. So you are the first. Oh, excellent! Yeah. It would make booking the show so much easier if everyone just had like amazing siblings who are also <laughs> artists and activists. They're like, I don't know who we're gonna have. <laughs> Someone's brother should, yeah, just come up here. Mm -hmm. Word. So the trip to the Grand Canyon. I want to say I like yeah. this, like how children start to be like creative and put right, stuff together. Right, and storytellers. Yeah. It's really, I yeah, it's really interesting to think about actually. But we, yeah, it was a mist. It was a mystery story. Um, we were solving. It was about the endangered bird, the California condor. There was someone who was hurting the birds in the Grand oh, Canyon. God. And this brother-sister duo had to get to the bottom. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... And then, so that was that. Was that you sound like actual phase. children's story. How old were you, do you um, think? Probably, that was between like 7 and 11 years old, okay. probably. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, cool. Did you write, Did you write like stories in school or stuff like that? I did. did. I did. They were usually just... Like me creating characters of me being who I wanted to be, <laughs> uh -huh, <laughs> or like ways to like kind of like get back in my parents. So I, I don't know. I can't remember any of the. It details. was just you writing box scores for your NBA games. Yeah, or like something like that. I can't. I can't remember any of. But I remember like saying I like writing stories and I want to be a writer, but like not taking it seriously. Did you ever read the Nate the Great books? Oh, I, you know, I didn't read them. I was more of a Junie B. Jones Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. kind of kid. Yeah. I did a spinoff. It was called Dan the Man, and I was a detective. <laughs> Dan the yeah, Man. Yeah, and I solved mysteries. <laughs> 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 Word, but you said... <laughs> 
<laughs> they were they were classics. <laughs> Digging the crates, sure. you can find some Dan the Man stories. Um, but you you said poetry kind of. I do. Oh, I'm sorry. I did create a. I did create. Actually, I had a, a best friend in fourth grade that you kind of remind me of now that I think about. But I forgot his character. But I was Afro Man before. <laughs> Before before there was actual this, the guy who made that song, a uh, get so high song. But yeah, I was like a super a superhero. We had to like make it was like in school that's too. So like cute. I had to make comic book. I had to make like a clay wow. statue thing. Yeah. Wow! I think we found your new like uh, merchandising. Yeah, line. I should like get back to that because I had cut my hair like a couple years after that. But like I'm I'm back full fledged back. back in the game. Since <laughs> since we have time and this, the world has been burned. I'm back world Afro fantasy. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm no, this is deprived. great. <laughs> like, we don't have to be. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like really loopy today. Yeah. I want to hear. We'll, we'll get back to your incredible story and everything you made. Uh, tell me about your friend in fourth grade. You, I remember Patrick you. Ruff. Patrick Ruff. Oh, he great, him. great kid. Great guy. Yeah. He was. He was a baseball fan like yourself. Um, <laughs> In fifth grade, he, he had an imaginary... So I was his best friend at one point, but then he also had an imaginary friend and his name was also Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was like comedic genius at the time. Like, like, like I appreciated how silly that was. So how would, would you know which Damon he was talking about? Because he would be absurd. And he didn't do it all the time, but like he'd like just look up the ceiling, at the ceiling for like three seconds and be like, Damon, get down from there. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody would just fall out laughing, like like stand up gold, you know. That's hilarious. <laughs> Did you have any imaginary friends? Um, you know, I think. I didn't. My little brother definitely did. Mm. Ethos had some imaginary friends and they were bad guys. They were they were like I can see that. villain like, imaginary <laughs> friends. I'm pretty sure they were called the bad boys. And every once in a while when stuff went down and my mom would come yell at me, be like, no, nah, it wasn't me. It was the bad boys. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. It's what the movie yeah. was based on. They all screaming yeah. for 12 and they all bad all the time. <laughs> the whole time, yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. And, I, you know, we'll... I do want to kind of stay on that relationship a little bit because mm. I, I've heard you just in in your in other interviews and just like seeing the two of y'all in space together. Like sometimes you can just tell with siblings when they just care about each other so mm. much. When it's like this, there, there's just a different thing going on there. Mm -hmm. And um, first of all, like for folks who didn't hear Ergo episode six, like when you think of your brother, what do you think of? Who is that kid? Oh, gosh. Uh, he, he's a great kid. He's great. <laughs> he's great just kid. a fireball full of passion and love and uh, is really inspiring. I what I, always, <laughs> what I always say is that like I was the one, I think, who did poetry first. I think I was the writer first. Okay. And then Ethan fell into that, but he was the radical organizer first. Right. And he, he paved that path for me. Um, and so I really love us being able to like have that exchange um, because we both have stuff to give to to one another mm -hmm. endlessly. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he's just, he's, he, he's very much a, a touchstone for me. Mm. Were y'all always close? Because y'all are pretty close in age. Were y'all kind of like fake twins? Um, yeah, when we were like younger, rivalry. definitely fake twins. Okay. Um, when we were little kids, we we played every game together. The, he doesn't like to admit it, but I was a big Barbie fan and Ethan would would engage in these really elaborate Barbie fairy tale yeah. stories. I can appreciate that. I can accept yeah, that. Yeah, he was always the rambunctious little boy character um, who didn't want to follow the rules. 
Uh, yeah, but then and then there was kind of a gap in between, in like preteen years when mm-hmm. when when that sibling happens. nobody wants to be this friends with one another. When siblings forget that the other sibling is still a person, you're it's, like, oh, oh that yeah. is a monster over there. That is not complete a monster, one hundred percent monster. <laughs> um, and then and then there was some, there was a switch, and we both slowly started to realize the other one was getting kind of cool, and <laughs> that maybe we wanted to know them again. And then yeah, when was, when was that switch? Uh, oh, it must have been, maybe, it honestly, might not have been until my freshman year of college. Yeah, because for me, that's exactly when it yeah. was. I went away to school, and then I came back, I was like, oh, you're like a real, my brother's five years younger, it's like, oh, you're like a real person yeah. who actually, like, is decent and great. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, exactly yeah. what happened. Christiana, like, she didn't, we could go back to the tape on this, because she, she won't describe, she didn't hate me, quite per se. <laughs> she might have hated just, like, being at home, and I was just, like, a big part mm-hmm. of the idea mm-hmm. of home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was definitely not a human being to her until she <laughs> till, till she moved away. Yeah, and then not like at all. she kind of re- like she moved away right before my birthday. She was like, "Oh man!" Like she called me like, "Oh, I'm Aww. not there." I'm kind of sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like kind of after that, she was like very nice. <laughs> so l- let's stay on that. Where did you uh, where did you go away to for school? Oh, I went to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a smaller Bullets college called St. Olaf College. You were in the same Midwest conference as uh, as Grinnell College. Oh, yes, yes. Is that true? Yeah. St. Olaf? St. Olaf. St. Olaf. I'm, yeah, yeah, it's a little Norwegian place. Yeah. Um, Did you like those guys? Were they, uh, were they weirdos? Were they cool? They were. Cool cats? They were. Um, Midwestern <laughs> white people, um, very neoliberal, okay. and it was my dream place when I went there. When I was eighteen, my older brother also went there. Okay, um, and then slowly but surely, I started to realize I can't be here anymore. Uh, yeah, I wonder sometimes, like, I don't know. In the conversations we've had, we end up talking a lot about like those moments, especially like at colleges and universities, where folks are like, "Oh, this is." Like that vision is crumbling in my experience mm-hmm. here, and I have to figure out like how do I make it through? How do I survive? How do I like, and not just survive, but how do I make this place work for me in a yeah. way that I can get something out of it? Yeah. Um, what was that process like? Like, did you get to a point where you like, oh, I figured out how to work this place so I can get what I need out of it? Definitely. Um, I I think it was after my junior year. I went. Uh, I studied abroad in Ghana for about four and a half months, um, and I came back senior year completely ready to to uh take as many resources as I possibly yeah. could before I left um and that was that was also I created my own major I decided to make my own major at school and that was that was the key to to making that space um uh it was called black expression and artistic performance they didn't have that department <laughs> um, and that was the thing it's because nobody else knew they there was they had no gauge of what that could look like and so i really got to do whatever i wanted to and everyone would say yes tasha that's amazing go do it it's beautiful right. uh yeah so i got to choose all of my own classes and build a curriculum that was completely catered to me mm-hmm. um which at the time was actually a lot of modern dance um that's what i studied for a lot of like the last two and a half years well, at school. I didn't know you were a dancer. Yeah, you have a... it's another funny little thing. <laughs> is, is, do you see that? It makes sense. That makes um, sense. Now. Yeah, do you see that coming into play in like any public, um, real way? As not a, not as much lately, just because I've been doing music stuff a lot. But more. they're so aligned. You don't. They are in the way that I uh, channel. Um, like introspection into mm. creative output. Um, what do you mean by that? Uh, I think my dance classes and 
being and learning how to choreograph and being a part of other people's pieces um, were really crucial in and like developing um, like uh, so using some kind of idea or some kind of inspiration um, and and making it uh, visible to other people. And so that could happen with your body through movement. Um, and also just like the different ways, like how, how when you have a stage and you don't have any sounds um, and you don't have any text or any words, what can you do to make mm-hmm. this? Um, to make this relatable and to make it understandable. And as I'm hearing this, I'm I'm kind of thinking of Twig, FKA Twigs, mm, and like what mm-hmm. Solange is kind of doing right now yeah. with modern dance yeah. with that with yeah. stuff. Because because like Twigs is like a trained. Yeah, dance. she's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I could I could see you kind of like you know continue. I'm that, I'm hoping that to wave. to get back in to not forget about it. I'm yeah, actually I was thinking about doing don't a don't forget like about a, your black expressions a, degree. A little <laughs> friend dance class. I think that everyone needs to dance more. I don't think grown-up people spend enough time creatively and without inhibition moving their bodies um and why do you what do you like what's your theory on what stops us um well i just don't think we're given enough opportunities to i think that it's relatively easy to find different writing workshops or um even being exposed to music in different capacities and for free but going to a dance class not is hard and it's scary um people are very very afraid and i think some of that has to do with like some of those dance traditions having like a partnership part to mm-hmm. it. So then you need like another person who you feel comfortable enough, like it, being mm-hmm. vulnerable in that way too. And like they're the same as any of those other things. There's like craft and like skills that you build towards mm-hmm. it. But it, it, there is something really like, I don't know, just super vulnerable. Yeah. It. And it's not just like uh, need, people need a space to just like cut loose. So that is part of it too. But it's also like, no, there's some, there's that elegance that comes from actually like learning that craft right. and all the things. And not and even without the technique part of it, but just like these are bodies that we carry around every day and we right. can move them in, in so many different ways. So mm-hmm. I'd really like to create that space, I think. Maybe like one or two classes just for my friends for free to wiggle around a little bit. That's a really that's, that's a really hot. cool idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so let's say once uh once you graduated, so you've been, you graduated this past year, correct? Yeah, 2015. So what was the, uh, the process of coming back in the city? I mean, I think a lot about, I've used this quote before, but it's someone who talks about, you know, in a kind of a memoir style fiction story, he talks about like going back to the street he's from Mm. and how everything looks different. But even if everything had stayed the same, it would still look different. Um, Mm. What felt really different to you coming back to Chicago about the city? Like, what did you understand differently about this place being gone? Um, I think it was all of the uh, organizers who were starting to turn up uh, in Chicago. And I had missed that inception, kind of. I saw it happening while I was away, um, but I wasn't in it. By any means, it was, and I was watching Ethos be in it, and so um, coming back, that was a different energy and mm-hmm. a, just electricity that I wasn't in right. the middle of. Because he had already did Geneva and everything. Yeah, right? exactly, yeah, and he had, and I remember my mom saying, "Ethan's part of some group called BYP 100," and I had no idea what it was, and uh, yeah, and so I was, I was coming back to Chicago with a lot of 
questions. Um, mm. I think that there was a lot more I didn't know, actually, than I did know. What kind of questions when you say that? Like, what were you thinking about at that point? Um, well, I was think I was I was trying to figure out who the who the cool kids were. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was like, okay, where do I quite need to where do I need to quest, be? You know? Yeah, what what places do I need to start showing up? Because um, I had an idea, but it was those those they were old ideas, and everyone had forgotten about me, so I needed to. Were you already friends with Fulani and Luna? Shout out! Oh Gang my gosh, yeah, my two best friends and roommates. <laughs> no, I wasn't at that okay. time. Well, the thing with Luna is I have known her since I was born. Um, yeah, she's my very, very close family friend. Um, but we were reconnected um, in over New Year's when I went to Paris and she was in Paris. And yeah, so I didn't I actually didn't have much of a squad at all. Uh, but you're yeah. quite squatted up now. Shut up. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's such an absolutely. interesting, like, I like that you frame that so deliberately of like, I had to figure out where the cool kids were <laughs> that I wanted to be a part of. Because the other thing is like, you can find yourself in a lot of rooms that like are apparently the cool kid room and you go... Oh, this is trash. So, no. oh God, <laughs> not good. I've hated it for so long, but like, <laughs> it, it, it's taken me like, it's 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 like a self deprecation because mm. like I know that I don't enjoy it, but mm. I still crave it. Or yeah. or just after a while of like being isolated from you, feel like I'm missing it or missing out or something. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. you romanticize it. Uh, but like I could never go to the Soho house again and, <laughs> and like feel like a better person. It just yeah, it, uh, it's just such a sucky environment, especially when we were younger, mm-hmm. like nineteen, mm-hmm. twenty, cusp mm-hmm. of twenty one, exactly, and everybody just standing around and spending too much money on what the what yeah, it just, just looking at everyone, looking at them, and not be not having any conversations and yeah. <sighs> I know that wasn't like very no, articulate. But, I know but you to wanted that like, point though, me to go in depth. Yeah, no, but cool it, kids, it comes down to what we were talking about before we came on the air, which we were talking about like. So, stop it, y'all! Just stop it. <laughs> I'm sure they don't listen. To, to we them. might get a couple. We might get a couple of cool kids. Ergo cool, kids. <laughs> um, cool kid adjacent folks. <laughs> but it comes down to this question of like, at this point, where do we find? Since we know, like, at least for me and for you, and it sounds like for you, mm-hmm. like some of those, we know that that promise is, come, is an empty promise, right? Like mm-hmm. we don't, we all, we don't have fun in that room. Mm-hmm. Some people might. I don't know, but it, it isn't from it doesn't make that for me. So it's like mm-hmm. literally where do we especially like now, like literally what do we do for fun? It sounds like yeah. such a goofy question. Um so let's I'm I'm gonna pose it because it's what I've been trying to figure out yeah. like for the last couple of weeks is like when you're so intentional about so much and also critical, it's like how do you find spaces? It doesn't mean to like distance yourself from that and tune that out, but it's like in that, how do you find spaces for joy? What Mm. is it for you? Like, where are you, where are you fulfilled? Where are you? It looks like you find it. Um, I, I think that I do. Honestly, my roommates really, really help with that. Um, living with two really inspiring, fun black women who are doing great things in Chicago themselves. makes a huge difference. Um, I can come home and and immediately be filled with joy just by being in their presence. Um, And I'm trying to keep music as something that consistently brings me joy and does not feel like a chore, which it it doesn't, but I can see how that might happen. Um, It might happen soon. Um, And and it kind of trickles in. How does it feel like that? What what do you mean it might become a chore? I, I think it's the very simple uh, maybe journey of knowing that people are listening to your music yeah. and that feeling in demand. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not like, I know I ain't shit, but like, <laughs> you know, it, it's still that um, right. like there is a little bit of an expectation. And so um, I try to I try to stay 
grounded and and ultimately when I'm doing music or writing it's always for myself first or I remind myself that it's it's, it's weird because I think we, we're, we're talking about a few art forms and what do you think do you think there are other art forms where there's like that constant public dem- like even when it's casual or, or loving like oh are yeah. you working on some new stuff right? yeah. or when's the new music that like, could be so stressful <laughs> I don't think any other art forms consume I don't think dancers are like hey when's the new mm-hmm. when's the new dance even mm-hmm. poets or writers to a certain extent right can like let mm-hmm. their work breathe or just not be you know writing right. poems for a second yeah. nobody would be like hey what's, when's the next chapbook right with the they might ask but not with the same kind of I think of, like movies like acting and stuff mm, like that if you yeah, when you get to absolutely. A, but when you get to yeah. a certain level people are like oh if you haven't been in a movie in a year like you yeah. literally are nothing. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you yeah. dissolved True. yeah and i think it's actually goes back to same to that the the room of the cool kids mm-hmm. of of trying to figure out when your your music or your art can just speak for itself and when you do kind of need to show up in these places just so people see you or people know you're there and remind people that you exist and are doing that work. Right, because part of what makes that room the cool kid room is that there actually is like tangible, sometimes there can be tangible benefits to being in that room. Like that's part of why those folks want to be there in the first place. It's just sometimes it's hard to know which rooms actually can open (laughs) those doors and which rooms are just like, Oh no! This is just a lot of uh, like hood by air sweatshirts. And uh, <laughs> shout out to <Hood> Air. <laughs> and don't be offended, you Soho House members who are. I'm sure we have a few, but you know, you know it sucks. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, like not the place, but the, well, kind of the place, yeah, but like kind of the, place. the thing that that yeah, that, uh, that thing. And I think that's what I'm really. I'm I like think... no one knows we're here, but we all know we're here. <laughs> I wish I could see. <laughs> I think we're on the cusp of of the, of the the people who are organizers and the people who are artists creating the alternative to that, yeah, which is to. yeah, it's which is creating uh, like artistic spaces that are also intentional community spaces that are people having real life conversations and building and learning. Sounds but familiar. also, like you yeah. can be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I think I think Part Noir does a good job. I mean, we, mm. we definitely shout them out oh, yeah. on here. Yeah, uh, but I think it's also cool to look at you know just in, in in like prepping for this, looking at the rooms that you've been playing in, mm. and I, I do think it's cool. There is kind of this network now of the you know the AMFM jazz series, oh, yeah. them, and uh, you know the dojo, and, and these yeah. there's like this realm of rooms where you don't have to be able to sell out shubas, you don't have to be at that point yet, right. but you know there will the be best a good show. World a show that's like full of love. You'll mm-hmm. be performing next to people who are brilliant mm-hmm. and are your friends and it's affordable. And like and people are coming there for the art. People aren't like coming there right. to like have a conversation oh, while somebody's so on stage. Special, or to yeah. like drink to the point that they fall over right, too. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think like that, it seems like that's a relatively new thing, especially for when it's like an all ages thing. Yeah. Um, For you in thinking about like making the choice to say, I'm going to do music, I'm going to pursue this. Do you think it would have been harder to make that choice or to be making that choice now if, like, you couldn't see... (laughs) Basically, if you couldn't be in those rooms. Like, if those rooms didn't exist. Right, absolutely. Uh, I think everything I've been able to do is because I'm from Chicago and because I came back here. Um, Because the the people... I mean, next week, I'm... uh, I'm Malcolm invited me to open for him for his opio release show at Chop Shop. And I met Malcolm when we were 16, doing Louder Than a Bomb. And... Uh, God, sixteen-year-old man. I didn't even I know. know what that, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, and so it's really wild to. 
um, to think like these are the these are the people that are that are helping me right now. Um, and even my little brother being able to put me in touch with his engineer to go to the studio for the first time to record those songs. Um, it really and and Chicago Chicago's good at finding at finding those people. Um, I didn't. I just I just was able to do what I like to do. And then was was asked um, and was invited um, to be in all of these spaces, and that's very, very, very special. It's a beautiful thing. Why don't yeah. we hear a uh, a song, um, oh. and then we'll uh, and then we'll come back and yeah, we'll we talk on the radio. More. We playing music. <laughs> Check that out. Eighty eight point five FM Echo Radio. This is We Got Power by Tosh. True. On over to me. Haven't seen you in a minute, homie. All the possibilities we got to make this world shine. You and I, we are infinite. Come sit with it. Feel those vibrations. Feel how we radiate that hope and salvation. Babies, we defending on us. We fun to save them, liberate them, rid this world of all subjugation. Cause we got power. We got On our backs, hips, lips, thighs Remind me of black girl magic Passion power to the people In our earth tone fashion Got a spiritual attachment Sacred sun-kissed skin Booming rhythms seeping through us Ancestors smiling We some black love warriors Innovative anti-system Ain't no controlling us Resourceful, hyper-vulnerable In tune with the earth And the spirits that's informing us To pimp a butterfly Every tingle turn out glorious Love locks and box braids Sage burning on the stereo Sit firm with our roots Give our praises to above Black is human, black power, most important black love Cause we got power We got power We got power Black power Say we got power We got power We got I think what I what I like about it the most 
Well, I, I won't say the most because mm. I like multiple things mm. about him, and I can like those things equally. We're complex people, but <laughs> but, but the, you know, um, the, I believe we will win the, the chant. Which um, I think what strikes me about it is that in the moments and spaces where I've heard it, and you know, where I know that you've heard it, mm-hmm. um, it's a very it's one coming from like a place of pain. I mean, it always is joyous and stuff, but it's, it's, yeah. there's an aggression. To oh it. yeah, um, and there's like a, a delightful like pleasantness about how you interpreted it and, mm. and brought it to music. So talk about like that moment and that choice of like, oh, I'm going to put what happens in the street into mm. this song, but also like flip it, right? Like it's not like the same cadence. Right. Moment. Yeah. Um, I, one of the things that I, I think inspires me the most when I'm in the streets or in a, at a rally or at a, just surrounded by black people um, is kind of our, uh, our our unwielding belief um, in in our liberation is that we wouldn't be doing this if we really really didn't believe that we were gonna win um, and that and that we very much have we know what it, we know what it can look like we know what it can feel like um, and so I think like taking that that little line um, and then putting it into my little dreamy uh, kind of vibe of that song that was my I th- yeah, I think that was just my my um, can how I feel connected to that line. Nah, it's super dope because Kiss, it's, it's kind of like what you did right there in those few bars. It's kind of like the pocket or the intersection of what this show is kind of about, mm. for real. So mm. kudos mm. and much appreciation. Oh yeah, you know? it's interesting. You said like putting it in your little dreamy. dreamy. <laughs> I think that's, I, I'm glad that you're like self-described. <laughs> but I saw someone kind of it was actually about it was about Saba's new project which oh, yeah. I really love mm-hmm. and they were basically it w- it wasn't a criticism but the thought was like basically why is all of the amazing stuff that come out this year not that it sounds the same but it's all like very basically people were talking about why are you talking about heavy things over things that make you feel good huh. and they were saying it as like a criticism they were like this would hit so much harder if like huh. the, you know the 808s hit or whatever and i was like Okay, I, I'm just I'm still wrestling with that, and I don't yeah. really necessarily agree with it, because I also think like to our point of joy, there's something to be said for like being able to be joyful and present and thinking about those things all at the same time, and not angry in it all the time, but like still forceful. Right. I think I think that's actually very much what I try to do. Is I uh, my vibe is is maybe soft and dreamy, but it's. Um, but it, it's with the recognition that I can do that and be and be very hard and have these edges and be very tough um, and uh, and present. Um, but that but I but I need I need both of those. Yeah, and uh, it's almost like a it's like a subversive version of toughness too. Because like yeah. all of a sudden like it's not. I don't know. We've all heard super preachy, a- angry songs that you, mm-hmm. you just don't engage. With. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't make you feel good. Yeah, we we don't need. The, those like quintessential Lupe tracks anymore, like, dreadhead Lupe tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is. But it's also that's part of, <laughs> the shots. The shots got fired. That's part of the challenge, though. I, right. I suppose uh, is knowing that you that how do you how do you uh, hold on to that truth and want to give that message and be the the person of your people. Yeah. Um, what without saying without being super systematic angry. racism right. or let me teach you. Yeah. You know, or let me show you how much I know, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. irks me. So, you know, we talked a little bit about your 
entry into into, into organizing yeah. and, and activism. We were on the same page. We oh, had a little awkward moment up here. He like looked at me. That was going to be my question. You got it. Go ahead. I'll, oh, I'll, I'll you, follow up. You mentioned Ethos kind of being. Uh, mm-hmm. He he made that jump in first. And, yeah. And you, you came along. Um, where were where were the entry points for you? Um, I think it was. So it was last summer. Um. I came to a BIP 100 orientation and then probably that same week, they, um, it was in the middle of when we were um, occupying space outside of the police board hearing meetings mm-hmm. um, to demand that Dante Servan be fired, um, who killed Rakia Boyd. And so that was kind of the first, that, that I think that was my entry mm-hmm. point, um, which is a really like, intense place to enter, yeah. um, to enter into. Um, yeah, but it was, but that was, but it was um, obvious that that was what that was where I needed to be, and that was who I wanted to be around. Um, and the fact that it was summer, people always turn up really hard in the summer. So, God, those rooms, like those monthly, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, nah, nah, yeah. It's, it was. I mean, it was so powerful that we that we were doing it, uh-huh. and I was proud. But it was terrible. Oh it's, yeah, it's, it's terrible, oh, yeah. man. And, and like, because it's it's so. For those who don't know what we're talking about. We're talking about, about the, 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 yeah, the police board meets every Thursday um, or every third Thursday of the month. Um, and for a year, we did a campaign um, to hold Dante Servant accountable after being let off for killing Rakia Boyd. Um, and so what they were doing was, you know, basically covering up, not covering up the murder because that had happened in the courts, but basically you know, circumventing any accountability for mm-hmm. a police officer who blatantly killed somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching how it happens, right? Like, the thing I try to understand and express to other people is that often racism, specifically institutional racism, um, does not have, like, a monstrous Donald Trumpish tone, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, it's so business casual. Right. And so to, to see kind of, like, the, <laughs> the, the very, like, Cavalier to the agenda right. way that they were that something so brutal was happening. And make it sound so logical yeah, and level headed. Right, and, right. And like you guys need to calm down yeah. while like family members who've like lost loved ones. Right. When you tragically. cut someone off at two minutes because they hit two minutes and it's like, but you just made that rule. Or, right, <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. There is or, no like or, net, you know. <laughs> or like let's read off all of our notes. Oh yeah, somebody got fired for like Insubordination or right. like that, right, that was kind of the book. most wild part. Like you would people hear, were getting fired every month. Right, all of these <laughs> things about all of these police officers who were getting fired for all of these absurd things, um, and yet here we were every like month. Public murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that was that was uh, that 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 was really tough. But it was also like kind of on. It was almost like the epicenter of the movement yeah. for a year, and it, it it really did. It really was kind of like the space where we would all like kind of come together. And now you work. Now it's yeah. like your job. You're like. Now it's my job. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if people don't know this, like you're kind of like the oil of the engine. Like a lot of things would not be happening or going. Like you keep things going. You, you in know, a way that's like. You could ex- say that. Extremely important. <laughs> What's the day job? Um, I'm Charlene Carruthers, our national director of BOP 100. Uh, I'm her executive assistant. Um, but also. Which I, means she's a BYP 100's executive. Yeah, so I kind so, of, so I do she, operations and admin for the whole organization right now. I won't forever. We're going to hire someone else. Yeah, I was about to say, to, it sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, someone, no, like, some of those it was, things. It was almost like, it was like a three to four month period, you know, especially as a co-chair, you know, everybody would be like, you know, there's something we need with something we need. And like the phrase was like, who's going to hit up Tasha? <laughs> 
thought Sasha was like an idea. After yeah. So and it's funny when people don't know. It's, I, I think I'm, I still, in some ways, I'm the catch all when you don't know who yeah. to ask. Yeah. Just uh, ask Tasha. What's the, uh, what's the longest you ever waited for an email response from Damon for? Oh. So now. <laughs> yeah. It's Infinity. still, yeah, yeah. still, we're gonna still use, in that abyss. We're going to use the last 20 minutes to just run through any agenda. <laughs> <laughs> still but, but uh, you know, you, you said that this was something that you were watching for a far and that interests you and, right. and you know now you're kind of in the you know in the middle of, mm-hmm. of, of especially like the operations right and so what have you what have you learned oh. uh, you know well it's funny it's funny how that happens some people I think I heard this from from Fresco Steez another BRP 100 member but she heard from someone else someone said when you find your dream organization don't work for them um, which in yeah. some ways I think is a little bit true because because yeah. you so it's not it's not as uh, it's not as uh, fun and yeah. I and idealistic yeah. as it as it is on the outside or when you're just um, or a job like the idea of job period exactly right? <laughs> exactly um, because it then in some ways does just become a, a task um, to to be engaged in in the work uh, but I've learned a lot about how nonprofits grow and how base building works and how um, capacity building um, works with these um, with these types of organizations and yeah it's really um, it's it's really interesting it's really interesting um, I think that VRP 100 is in a is in a really intense time of growth um, and there's a lot of things changing and next year all almost all of our, our national director is going to be um, transitioning out and we're gonna have a lot of change. Um, yeah, so it's it's illuminating to to see what that looks like from the inside. What what surprised you about you, right? Because I, I don't think you know you're, you were a dancer uh, and a singer, right. poet, right? And so I mean, it's a it's a tough transition or a hard transition, I'll say, for a lot of us. But it teaches you a lot about yourself, right? It's definitely so what hard. Been the surprise. Uh, did you see yourself being so clerical? Did, did you always have those skills? I okay, I'm a Virgo, and I think that I like um, those kinds of organizational things. Um, of I like being in charge of things for sure. Um, uh, I like being able to answer people's questions. That's such an amazing thing to say. So like. <laughs> I, like, I'm so insecure about it. That was really oh yeah. yeah, like group projects. Hate them, <laughs> hate them. Like having to sit and let other people finish things when yeah. I know I could just be doing yeah. What's the? Uh, the I want to stay out. Like, I think like we could. We'll get back to the organization, yeah. but like this is about you. So like <laughs> that piece of it. Uh, what's like the best part and the worst part of that? Of like feeling like you need to be the person kind of driving the vision because I have had also had moments where that's the case and I also can like see. Sometimes you end up putting a pressure on yourself that's like an unneeded or unreasonable huh, pressure. Yeah. Um, I think that in some way, like that's a challenge is to let go of things that other people can do. Even mm. if you can do them, other people also can. Yeah. Um, and so understanding that and just being able to work in a team when we have eight other people um, who are yeah. trying to, to run this ship. Um yeah. Especially yeah. when the ship is like going up against some really big waves. Yeah, you know? very big waves. And it's and and the intersection of of like white supremacy and anti-blackness and also trying to create a board and like funders um and meetings and conference calls like those um you have I, we have to do both. Right. Yeah. How's that? You uh, you just don't call in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just man, <laughs> this, this guy Damon, man, 
It's on a journey. <laughs> so are, are you feeling I'm just gonna, like start saying things like that when people ask me very serious questions? Like, whoo, you know, you can just, you know, it, it either goes up or down, you know. <laughs> but in Rome. <laughs> are you feeling that uh it's hot in here? Hey. It is a little bit warm. Um that's very true. <laughs> the, but is there like are you feeling like a balancing act between the uh how, like that part of your brain and then now oh. that you're like more actively or, or more deliberately putting out music into the world like are there any tensions in that are they informing each other um, it's hard it's mm. very hard um, to be engaged in such linear work for the whole day yeah. um, and then to switch out of that um, and also because like I I, I, take, I have a really long commute to get there and get home um, and it's just the classic struggle of, of I'm tired um, and I don't want to I have to make food and I have to talk to my family and I clean and, and all of those things um, it's making just a just stop just stop doing those things That's, I know <laughs> you stop you stop cooking you stop cleaning I definitely get a lot stop, less sleep than I talking. used to um, no, no, no. You're doing it wrong. No, I, sleep I, and don't and do other things. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's just where I'm at. Um, this making a life stuff is so hard. It's very hard. And yeah. I'm very, I mean, I'm only 23. I have a long time to, to figure, to do it well. Um, and I think that I'm in some kind of uh, superhuman Tasha mode. I've never done this before. I've, I feel like I've never gotten as little sleep as I'm getting. And I've done as many things as I'm doing. Productive. But I'm still going. Is it comfortable? I'm, I'm, I think I'm fine, actually. Do you think this yeah. is your speed? You- I, for, for some time. I don't, I don't know how long it'll last. We might need a, a week in a cabin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I gotta get that week. But I'm, but I'm, I'm okay. I'm still going. Well, I, oh, while we're in the before we get out of the political, I, you know, before I get in trouble, you asked me about like, <laughs> should I tell people? Absolutely, everybody go vote on Tuesday. Oh right? yeah, like, oh, like yeah. go to the polling place. But for those who are like really, really like in turmoil over where we are, mm-hmm. it is important to know that there are other things on the ballot and you could actually abstain from voting for president if that is like a, a right. crisis of, of conscience. And people. since nobody in like on the large scale talks about those other things, you might not know anything about all those other things on the mm-hmm. ballot. Here's a great resource. Resources. Wanna... Community. I'm going to put the, uh, the more you know sound drop right in here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's an amazing website and app called Ballot Ready um, made by a Chicago, and I'm blanking on her name. But basically what it is, is it goes line by line on the ballot, depending on where you live, and it gives you cited information with links for each thing. So you can actually just go through. And so like what I'm actually doing, it's like maybe the nerdiest thing I've ever done, but I think it's good. I'm having some people over tomorrow. Y'all are both invited. <laughs> uh, not all the listeners. I just don't have that much room in my house. And we're just literally going line no, by line and talking invited. through this. <laughs> <laughs> I super see that. It's going to turn into house party for uh, <laughs> electoral politics. <laughs> Switch. Get ready to. <laughs> but we're gonna just, you can just go line by line and like basically build your ballot right there so that you don't ever be like, I don't fucking know about this judge. Like, you know, it, That's it, it matters. Yeah. Yeah. Also important, there's a ballot initiative to get funding for a mental health center in North Lawndale. Mm. And this would be the second time in the state that it would be a publicly funded uh, and community backed, community built. Mm. Yeah, so that's important. So certain zip codes are able to vote for that. Definitely check that. I don't know what the number of it or what it's called. I know that it's on the ballot, but yeah. vote yes if that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I should definitely know these things. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. I've been thinking, and we have a little bit of time, so I want to talk about this. Like, yeah. in that question of 
like balancing the going up against white supremacy and then the conference call thing. Mm-hmm. I've just been so specifically around like the presidential shit. I just have no patience for it anymore. Right. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And I, I'm just really tired. Of, I just had to put that out there. Like I'm no, so I think tired. I think we need more people to be actively and consciously tired instead of apathetic mm-hmm. or, or passively accepting. Like I think mm-hmm. it is actively time for us to question it. I think the fact that everybody hates voting for the president is not like a oh this generation thing. I know like isn't it's that a, wild. It's an it's an important thing to notice that we this is this attempting country. to be a democracy, <laughs> uh, but we don't like how we're doing this. Yeah. And technically, we have the ability to do other things. Yeah. And also, you know, like almost half of us don't, yeah. or maybe even more. No, it's like I think it was like sixty percent votes. Okay. In presidential, uh, I also really? just maybe made that statistic up out of the top of my head. <laughs> no, it's something. It, uh, it's something like that. Like yeah, yeah something huge right? percentage. Like nine percent yeah. of people who could of adults voted for either Trump or Hillary to huh. be to be right of, in the primaries. Yeah, the primaries. right. So that means eighty-one percent either did not vote or voted for someone else. Wow, that's wow. wild. Or, no, ninety-one percent. Yeah, it's still too early. Still it's too never early. not too early. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Just it, it kind of yeah. Since we since we went there, like mm-hmm. how are you? How are you like dealing with like just the bullshit of all this? Um. Well, I actually just as another little mini shout out to BIP one hundred. I really love the way that we've constructed our electoral campaign. As um, we just made these t shirts that say "Vote Reparations for President." True. true. Um, shout and out so, again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like. Like understanding that it is bigger than than the, than two candidates, um, and that we um, we know what we want, um, and that's what people always say about the movement is that all of these young people in the streets don't know what they want, but we actually really do, um, and we know what Black people want and we know what Black people need, and so I I'm also over it. Um, I'm also really tired of it all, um, and don't necessarily yeah, and feel a, a sense of oncoming dread. Um, but but also with the knowledge that um, that the, with the work that we that we need to see any change, it was never going to come from them in the first place. And so the fact that these are our options doesn't change much because it was always just us that we had to depend on all along. So we're just gonna keep on trekking. Yeah. yeah. That's what's up. God, this it just feels like this has just been the strangest year. Like there, like you're saying, there is this lineage of you got to do. But this year, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. I think because yeah. there's a growth of information um, mm-hmm. and access to people. And I think it's, you know, us not to get too deep, but starting to really reconcile with the fact that most of our spaces and our political system actually is not democratic as much as it like markets itself as such. Mm-hmm. Right. But like mm-hmm. we live in a republic. And so the act of right. voting for someone to make decisions for you is actually not democracy. Um, and I think we're like starting to take the first few steps of wrestling with, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in the Republic, which it stands. Like right. that, that, you know, that Absolutely. is some Roman stuff. Like, you know, that's it's pretty it's pretty wild that 400 or so people uh, make the decision for almost like 400 million. Yeah. people. You know, that's, that's not that's, <laughs> this country's so big. <laughs> Like it's really big. Oh, yeah, really America. Really like, ah, uh, y'all want to talk about America for like two or three minutes? It's like, it's big. Yeah, it's bigger than it was supposed to be. It kills so many people to get that big. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to like act like that didn't happen. That's really what like a lot of right. The it's the illusion season, of it all that right? is that is right? really shocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the the head heads or tails of it. Like, uh-huh. Hey, go this side of the side. So uh-huh. like, let's talk uh-huh. about 
our society for real. Huh. So, if you could change it oh, all. Oh gosh. <laughs> what Damn is one man. thing? What is one Damn thing? Man. One thing. Or you can also answer this question if you don't want to answer that. Beef with an R&B singer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I yeah. Like you get this beef thing. with politics and beef with R&B. So you, you can. You, so you have yeah. to pick. You can. You can. If you can do both, or you have to pick any R&B singer from any era, and start beef with them for any reason. <laughs> it does not have to be antagonistic, but we strongly encourage it to be so. Uh, um, and or you can pretend that you have ultimate power to shape society and figure out one tangible thing you would redo or reshape or create for our political system that is um, so dangerous. Yeah. Well, we were talking about <laughs> school earlier. School. Um, shout out school. Yeah. And then also not <laughs> shout out school. Look in your eyes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Talking about how school, high school started at 7.55 a.m. So oh one, one thing that I would change is make... Talk about too early. Is make high school not be... Any school not be eight hours a day and not be starting at 7.55 in the morning. Um, sure. I actually think that would change everything. Everything. Um, actually, we should go further than that. I think we should all just make a social agreement to stop it with the early. <laughs> If we all just said like, yo, like we have lights now, right? Like we're not farmers. We don't don't need need to We don't need to do all of that. Yeah. We could all just say, all right, 10 o'clock. You you know, I think actually, I think that's a great idea because I, because then people who are morning people have time to do their own. Go do your thing. Go jog or whatever. Yeah, go on their runs, make their food. How many poems you could write in Exactly. Write, journal, paint. Or another thing, (laughs) we could do this for school too, is that like, have it so that people can like come in flexible droves. Oh. Like so for the first, you know, hours. if you do like showing up yeah. at seven, show up at seven and leave when you can. But like everybody shouldn't be. Fo- and then it's less yeah. traffic. Oh yeah, that's a great it's idea. Rush hour. That's a good idea. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And then you just gauge when pe- people's productivity. Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 Tasha for president. Tabulate the results based <laughs> on how much they're just getting done. Definitely got my vote. Wow. Okay. Great. Okay, great. <laughs> All right, we fixed it. This is good. I think we have time now. I think mm-hmm. you have to. You have to pick. Oh, an R&B um, singer. oh, to, to start beef with. Um, man, I'm so. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't. I feel start like you're beef like the least. Beef. That's why it doesn't have to be contemporary. It doesn't have to be actual beef. It can. Mm. It, you know, it's it can be in fun or it can get it can get hot. In the show, you know? Um. Maybe. Maybe. Uh. Oh. Oh gosh. Uh. Uh. It's all right if you don't have one. I'll tell you what. Let me think about it for like 30 seconds. You can ask me that question. Fine. I'll think about it for um, a couple of seconds. I also want to make sure we have time. I know you're going to do a couple people. We keep forgetting to do the oh, live performance. Oh, I don't have person. to. No, I would really, we would, we would really like And I, I feel like the listeners the people. would like it as well. Um, uh, do you want to forego, ergo, <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> the, the, what a the, the, fun episode. <laughs> We are up here tripping. <laughs> it's those damn cubs, man. Oh, oh that's yeah. What, that's what happened. No, it, was too, it was too wild last night. Um, mm. Do you want to do a uh, poem and or a song? Oh, um, sh- yeah, I can. That would right. be cool I can if do you that. wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, what should I do? Should I do a poem or a song? <laughs> what are you feeling? What are you feeling? You could do both if you want. Uh, I'll do, can, I, can I do a poem? I think I vote yeah. poem. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take your beef for you oh, and yeah. say... <laughs> Jaheem for that bogus uh, double edge baby hair thing he used to do with the line back in the day. 
He was bogus. For that. Okay, thank you so for uh, taking that on for me. He just had beef with someone else, and like it got very in real, real. life. Yeah, Jaheem yeah, had yeah, real got, beef. Yeah, <laughs> we started. We started something here. Uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember when our, this RB beef is spilling out to the streets. It's getting real. What's the? Uh, what's getting serenaded? <laughs> well, oh no. my god. <laughs> what's the? Uh, what's the poem you're gonna do for us? Um, I'm gonna do. I'll do an an old poem. Um, and I think it's called Dig It, but I I don't know. I changes. I change poem titles every time I do them. Um, and this one I wrote after watching this uh, this video of uh, Kathleen Cleaver um, and some other Black Panthers talk about how beautiful uh, Black people's hair is. Uh, shout out to Kathleen. Uh, okay. I hope I remember it all. <clears throat> Dig It. Isn't it beautiful? Aren't I beautiful? Don't I just slide right off the tongue? Y'all can't help but sit stunned. That's me. A perfect little rolling bronze baby. 23 years of meticulously molded, molten magic. Ain't I just fantastic? I got melanin enough. Enough to snatch gold out of these sunbeams and tuck it under my blood. Rushing ruby leaking onto the earth in little shimmering puddles. Can you spot all that daylight I contain? I am so strong. I'm so strong. I've lifted years of ignorant questions and unwavering stares onto both my shoulders and let them just sit there for a while. I'm so strong. I could tell you what four years at a predominantly white college feels like. I'm so strong. Still second place to my mom. I got a question, though. Is it wrong that I still get scared? Still sometimes ponder the possibility that maybe all of this don't mean much. Is it wrong that I still got a clutch in my heart every now and then? Remember what breathing is supposed to feel like, what hope is supposed to look like. Catch me tongue-tied. Catch me snot dripping, stubble leg, tangled knot stuck in that corner over there crying over my phoniness, over my white friends, over an entire future of undecided hurts camped at my doorstep, licking my toes. Even I get caught up in these little blues. Even I know too well the shove of hard truth and the inevitable grip of pain like a first language. The weight I can't contain kicks me in the gut every single day and still... I gotta find a way to tell myself I love you, to tell the world I'll commit to you. So find me tomorrow in the morning with a fistful of courage and a fistful of rage and a brother like a bulldozer, a brother like an ocean wave, a mother like a catch in your breath. Find me tomorrow waged into war. You're waging war for every black and brown hero ever killed for the burden of their own glory, waging war against every system steeped in centuries of hate because I know I can. And when you find me, Goddess of moon and sun marked with mystery, moving prophecy. You won't be able to avoid the temptation of my radical flare as I run past you so fast, so quick, even the rain can't touch me. Maybe you will hear the whoosh of my skirt and feel something start to grow in the bottom of your tummy. That's that. I told you. I told you. She was Rose Wow. I was like, so my, when you start, first of all, that was beautiful. Thank you. Second of all, when you started, I was still in like Jaheem beef mode. And then you said something, I can't even remember what the line was. And I was like, oh, I need to like, that, that was so, 
Beautiful. Thank oh, you for thank sharing you. that with us. Thank you, thank I'm so you. glad I was able to put you in giant beef mode. <laughs> also, shout out to moms. We did not. Shout out to I moms. feel so bad. Like, I love your mom. I wish we could talk oh, to her. I love my mom. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Mom. She definitely deserves a shout out. <laughs> Jenny Beats. Shouts to her. That mm-hmm. sounds like a producer name. Like she needs like a producer drop at the mm-hmm. beginning of your songs. That was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can the people find your music, your art, your spirit? Or just you to say hello. Uh, <laughs> true. So on the internet. Um, you can find shout out to the internet. And SoundCloud. Yeah, shout out to www.soundcloud.com um, <laughs> I have my music on there I'm called Tasha on there I think if you t- search Tasha Chicago or Tasha Divine Love which is the name of my EP you can find it um, all of my all of my other handles are at wow Tasha wow that's easy to remember wow Tasha wow that's so um, <laughs> Instagram Twitter all of that um, and in the world you can find me at the BRP 100 office a lot of the time. Um, Responding to emails. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Schedule heard your Twitter name in that voice before. <laughs> it's like so exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's how people remember, you know? <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. This was Thank you fantastic. so much. Uh, we'll be back next week with another strong voice from Chicago and beyond. Uh, bye. <laughs> much love to the people. Yeah. Peace.